Grace Clark! I declare bankruptcy! Bears eats Battlestar Galactica. Depression? Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Why you ignorant slut? Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. Welcome to the Great Scott Office Podcast. I am Jay Ray, and with me is a brand new deskmate, Amanda. Hey, guys. Um, Jacob is doing some vacation stuff, and we're giving him a well-deserved break. So in the meantime, um, Amanda's going to help me cover the beginning of Season 4 of The Office. Um, Now, before we jump into it, Amanda, and before I get to some listener feedback... Sure. What is your experience with The Office thus far, as of today? As of today, I am watching The Office for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I am currently somewhere in season eight. Mm. I think I'm only a few episodes, like maybe five or six episodes of a season eight okay. of The Office. And yeah, and this is my first time watching it all the way through. That said, I have rewatched some of the earlier episodes a lot with you. Oh. When. You are um, watching them for this podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you to scoot in a bit more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, great. I can scoot. We're doing awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, so, has it been more than a year you've been watching? Less than a year? Uh, I can't remember kind of, when I started... Was it the summer that I started watching? Maybe this fall? It's that probably sounds, been six months. That sounds reasonable. Um, somewhere in season eight, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're enjoying it? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> what is your um, your history with sitcoms of similar nature? Are you a big sitcom fan? Yeah, I, well, I guess I, uh, growing up, I watched a lot of, like, family-based sitcoms. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I probably am more of a sitcom watcher than a drama watcher of okay. television. Yeah, that's fair. And how many people told you to watch The Office? Uh, probably a million and six. Okay. <laughs> and, at, and at this point, do you feel disappointed that you've done that? Or do you feel like no. you you're feel good getting in when you got in? I feel good about getting in when I got in. I have this problem all the time where when too many people uh, tell me to watch something, it gets really hyped up in my head, and then when I watch it, I'm always disappointed. Mm. Uh, so I think I spend enough time away from all the hype of people telling me to watch The Office, you know, 10 years ago. Right, right. That right. I can watch it now and enjoy it without all, you know, without having that sort of problem. Okay. And I guess, um, is there any, anything that you feel differently now watching The Office than what you thought you were going to experience when you originally hopped in? Not really, uh, because I feel like, you know, I'd been in apartments or, like, at parties or whatever or something where like the office had been on so I had a pretty good sense of what it was I just didn't watch it you know okay so you're you're getting what you thought you'd get and you're not disappointed yeah I'd agree with that assessment because that's a prerequisite to be on the show I see (laughs) okay well not disappointed that's great to hear um so we uh we didn't get a lot of feedback uh this week to share but we did get a message um let me see and basically making sure that there's no personal information. Nope. Uh, just uh, a nice thank you note from uh, 
a Reddit user will leave anonymous for now. Uh, but just thanking us for doing a podcast on such a niche subject. Mm. Um, you know, I think that's what's really great about podcasting in general, not to get on some type of weird Kevin Smith rant about sure. podcasting, but, um, sure. you know, there are like a bajillion of them, right? right? So why not do one about a show that is off the air for a long time? Um, yeah, and it's exciting. Sure. And we've been getting good feedback, and I think the Office fan base, much like Firefly or, I mean, almost every Whedon show that's ever been canceled, sure, right? right? Like, those people are still fans of that show. Right. So I think it's nice to get some type of new content from this thing, even if it's not official or whatever. Sure. So that's what we do. That's what we do here on uh, Great Scott. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into it. Um, first episode of Season 4, we'll do a little recap. Basically, the end of Season 3, we had... Um, a new position opened up at corporate that um, Michael, Karen, Jim all applied for. Um, Jim ended up leaving post his interview, abandoning Karen in the city, uh, going to Scranton to ask Pam out on a date. And if Jacob were here, he would say, it's all in the eyes with Pam. Yes. Uh, She gives this really like teary-eyed, glossy look to the camera. I mean, it's great. It is great. Tugs on your heartstrings. It really does. Um... How do you feel about all this romance nonsense, Amanda? It's <laughs> a very broad question. Well, I mean, do you think that was kind of like a satisfying moment for their relationship? Yeah, I really, yeah, I really do. I think, um, I think, The Office did a really great job overall with the Jim and Pam relationship. They didn't, you know, they played at it just long enough. It didn't take too long, and I mean, you can argue that once they're together, the show isn't as good as it was but uh but i think they do a pretty good job and Mm. i think they do a pretty good job moving forward too and that really was the death of some other sitcoms like the nanny which i was a fan of oh sure when when the main couple got together eventually right Right, because the whole show was based around and that's the thing about the office the whole show wasn't based around jim and pam it was just perhaps the thing people were most interested in right but there was still always other people and other stuff going on yeah um so so it didn't you know once they got together it didn't lose everything that it had going for it Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Well, we come back from summer break with episode one of season four, which was an hour-long episode called Fun Run. It was written by Greg Daniels, directed by Greg Daniels, who is um, the showrunner, um, that guy. So we... The Greg Daniels. The Greg Daniels. Um, And we've said it before, but um, Meredith's son, I'm pretty sure, is his son. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. I didn't know that. I could be wrong. Cool. I don't have my big Matrix-like screen in front of me because of how we're doing it, but uh, that's what I'm going to say. So the internet can correct me. Okay, that's fine. Um, That kid's pretty talented. He does a really good job. Yeah. um, Yeah. You may recall him from an episode of Always Sunny. I do. Where Charlie was (laughs) uh, doing the big brother, big sister thing. Right. Um, And he comes back later in the show as a much taller, equally as odd-looking person. It's great. I haven't seen him yet. I look forward to it. You should. <laughs> um, so we come back. We see Michael eating a bowl of cereal. Um, oh, did, yeah. Yeah, he does this weird thing where he's like, it's soy. And then he kind of, I don't know, I could be looking into it too much because I've watched the episode a bajillion times. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he gets grossed out by the fact that it's soy. No, I agree. I think that's the point. So yeah. he's trying to claim that Jan has made him breakfast, right. which she has not. She's right. still asleep. Yeah. And... But he defends her by saying, well, she bought the milk. 
Right. Right. And then the the joke is that she bought soy milk and he does not like soy milk. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I also would make a similar reaction to. Yes, yeah, soy, soy milk. milk is disgusting. How do you get? How do you milk a soy? Yeah. Can't. Can't disgusting. Do, can't do it. There are plenty of great milk art alternatives, but soy milk is not one of them. <laughs> um, also, while we're on the subject, just as a personal note, sure, milk that is not a percent is barely milk. <laughs> okay, so we so we continue on. So Michael does that. We see a very unflattering image of Jan laying on the bed. Yeah, um, she'll be asleep for a couple hours. Michael says. Yep, uh, and then we're driving to work. He's optimistic about this coming year. You know, Jim and Pam are together. Ryan's at corporate. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. But Ryan's at corporate. Yes, he is excited about Ryan. Um, Jim is back. His protege. Right, his protege. (laughs) And Jim is back officially. That's what he's excited about. Yes. Um, Yeah, so... Well, and he's theoretically happy to be living with Jan. Well, that too, I guess. I mean, that's what he's saying the whole whole time he's in the house in the morning. Um, This is what I got. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely no desperation in that at all. Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) And what better way to punctuate that morning by running Meredith over with your car? Absolutely. That's the way to start the year. Um, I also love, like, it's just funny to me, because obviously TV shows have annual series or whatever, but it's funny to me that Michael was talking about the start of the year when theoretically it's September. Right. That's (laughs) a good point, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense in something like 30 Rock because it's a show about a show. Right, that's so how they get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Cause it's I don't know if like, he says it's going to be a great year. I think he's just feeling good for whatever reason. It's definitely a, a like a monologue looking to this season. Well, that's the thing, too. I always have this question of, like, do they know that they're in their fourth season of this fake show that they're maybe making mm. you know what I mean like do you ha- the, does the film crew ha- like communicate that this is where season four would start right you know what I mean but the, well, the episode where Michael leaves, leaves since right. I've watched it kind of recently he makes that comment about like let me know if this ever airs right so they're not on the air that's at the time of recording but maybe still they know that it's a divide that will end a season here yeah I think I don't pre- know. presumably um they don't record during the summer. Right. So that's how they probably treat it. Maybe. You know? Yeah, that makes um, sense. So, like, this is the first time the film crew has seen Michael since that job stuff. So maybe that's why Michael is kind of doing this rundown of what's happened thus far. That makes sense. Um, so Michael goes inside and he has to share the news with the office. Yes. Um, <laughs> he does a great job of it. Yeah. Um, and everybody's super worried, but obviously Michael's in the wrong by the way he chooses to deliver that information. Absolutely. And um, and then we get our first glimpse of Jam. Jam. Jim and Pam. Yep. Um, because Pam paid for a celebrity sex tape. Yeah. How close have you ever been to paying for a celebrity sex tape? I've never been even remotely close. I've not you... seen one celebrity sex tape in my life. Not even like the obvious ones that everybody's seen. I don't know. Like Kim Kardashian, right? People have seen that one. Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson, yeah. I've never seen it. No. Is that because you hate culture? <laughs> it's because I... And art? I just have no interest in watching that. Okay. Know. Okay, that's fine. Listen, I, hey. I mean, even if it was a celebrity that I was, like, all about, I mm. would not watch their sex tape. 
Is not. it because it's an invasion of privacy? Yeah, I think so. But what about these sex tapes that are, like, sold? Like, Pam and Tommy Lee is sold. Right. Yeah, as, I guess I feel cover less icky about that. Right. Yeah, okay. that's fine. Right. Yeah, if it's not leaked, I guess it's fine that people right. watch it. I still don't well, really that's have a good any point. interest the, in watching it. The leakedness, it. that was the, but the scary part. if they leak, if, if somebody I enjoyed sold a sex tape of themselves, then I'd probably watch it. Okay, good to know. We'll send emails. And I might pay money for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. But theoretically, it'd be a safer website than what Pam was probably Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we get another visit by our favorite IT person, whose name I forget. I'm looking I don't at remember his name either, but he's great. He's great. Um, oh, here it is, here it is. It's almost there. Da, da, da. Sadiq. Sadiq. Who is Sikh. He is Sikh. <laughs> that we will find out later. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Pam starts to kind of orchestrate a visit to the hospital to visit Meredith. Right. Um, and there's a lot going on. Um, Sprinkles is sick. Right. Now, if you don't know who Sprinkles is, Sprinkles is Angela's cat. And uh, so Angela's kind of not on the ball with her party planning stuff. Uh, so Pam's doing it. There's some sass. Um, Kevin's in the background of a lot of these shots with some type of knowing commentary about Jim and Pam hooking up? Yeah. I have a couple questions here for Shoot, you. Shoot, please. I okay, will answer them first all. question. Yeah. Does the head of the party planning committee hmm. make more money for being the head of the party? Like a, like a bonus or something. Sure. Because Pam says to Angela, like, this is kind of your job. Right. As head of the party planning committee or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a weird comment if it's just something that, like, Angela has volunteered to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any thoughts. I don't think she gets paid extra. Yeah. I think it's a power thing. Yeah. Um, so you think Pam just says that be- well, also as a power thing? Like, yeah. Like, you should really be doing this if you're going to do that role kind of a thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, I think if you're going to go around telling people that they got bad ideas and banning them from the party planning committee, then you should plan all of those things. Gotcha. I think that's what I'm saying. That's fair. Uh, yeah, but her mind's elsewhere, Amanda. Your sprinkles are sick. Yeah, no, I get it. It's terrible. I get it. Um, all right, second question. Shoot. Did you, if you recall, I know you watched The Office a long time ago, for hmm. the, the first time. Did you think that Jim and Pam, like, did you believe that they weren't dating? No. Not, from the get of this episode, you were like, yeah, they're dating. Yeah. Okay. Right. Interesting. Um, well, because I think, too, as the viewer, you see more of those private one-on-one moments that mm-hmm. someone who, like Kevin, who thinks he knows, right. never sees. Right. You know, he was jumping over fireworks with Dwight when Jim and Pam were eating pizza on the rooftop. Right. Um, we were privy to the private dancing session in front of the office with the shared MP3 player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, all of their talking heads that kind of allude to this other thing. Yeah. So, uh, so I think we're supposed to. I don't think we're supposed to be surprised by it. I mean, I wasn't... Uh, not like I'm surprised that they were, but I didn't assume that they were. I could be, Just because I didn't know, like, in terms of the timeline, how long ago um, Jim and... Not Anne. What's her name? Pam? Oh, Karen. 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 Thank you. Karen <laughs> broke up. So, like, I didn't know how quickly might actually be dating. And if they, right. you know, I would... I don't know. I just didn't assume they weren't necessarily dating. Yeah, no, that's a fair... In the way that the office clearly does. Right. 
Well, and it's sort of interesting, too. I was going to ask you if you'd ever been in an office environment or an office situation where there were people who were speculating about, I mean, maybe not necessarily even about two, two coworkers dating, but, like, something about people's personal lives. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Am I, uh... Because it's, like, I'm... interesting, because, like, Kevin and Oscar have those thing, those moments throughout this episode where Oscar's, like, they're taking separate cars. Right. You know, like, trying to, like, point at these, like... Clues, right? Right, that they're not, right? Yeah, or that they are, because Kevin's doing the same thing in the reverse. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not too dissimilar from, like, a, a school drama kind of thing. You yeah. Know? Like, you just can't help but notice what is happening around you, because right. there's nothing else going on. Right. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. That makes sense. Um, so, Angela decides to enlist Dwight to watch over Sprinkles. Right. Um... And Dwight listens to this very long list it's of crazy. ailments. Yeah, it is very um, crazy. Where to put cream yeah. at the base, base of her of tail. the tail. That's right. Lift up the tail. Um, yeah, she seems to have, like... Well, it's interesting, too, because Angela says she needs to be... Is it that she needs to be fed? That's why? Or she needs her insulin? I think it, she needs the insulin when she's fed or something like that. Like, there's gotcha. a, they are connected. In I mean, way. it's just interesting because it turns into, like, eight things. That's apparently right. Apparently, this cat needs during the middle of a work day. Right, right. This cat is basically an iron lung of an right. animal. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, would you... Not to say that you don't love animals, but would oh, you put yeah. that much work into an animal? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. I mean, I guess if Sprinkles was only three years old or something, but I'm to understand that Sprinkles is an oh. elderly cat. Would you feed it drugs and put it in a freezer <laughs> no oh okay so that's what Dwight does I know <laughs> and, uh, does he feed it drugs I don't even know that I think he just puts it in the freezer well I think that's he says he fed it antihistamines oh maybe he does and then Angela says she barfed them up in the freezer and clawed oh, through a bag of french fries or gotcha. something like that okay. which surprised me because I was like Angela eats frozen french fries yeah I find that surprising also yeah. come on writers <laughs> uh so, okay, so that's jumping ahead a bit. Yeah. We go to the uh, we go to the hospital. Yeah, the whole crew. I want to mention one thing before Please. we go to the hospital because I th- <laughs> it's just a moment that I think is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, when he uh, Michael's on the phone with corporate. Is he on the phone with Ryan or with? I think he's on the phone Ryan. with Ryan, right? Yeah. And he's like, "Well, this happened and this happened, so double jeopardy." has that moment right and ryan's like i don't think you understand how jeopardy works that's right and michael says so oh, what is what we're is fine? we're fine <laughs> i love true. it it's just a yeah. great moment I, just, I felt like we had mentioned it and he knew he knows like ryan says his thing and michael's like oh sorry yeah yeah, yeah. he has it what is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just like the idea that he's mixed up the legal like thing that right. is double jeopardy right with, with the, the game television show. games right. show it's very funny. So at the hospital, the whole crew's there. And uh, they say this comment about her, oh, she looks awful. Or something yeah. like that. And Michael's like, this is how she always looks. Right. And honestly, she does always look like well, that. Well, because Michael says that she looks, like, fine or she looks whatever. And Kelly's like, no, she looks terrible. Right, right. Which is also really funny. Right. Because, like, Meredith's laying right there. Uh-huh. They, they don't know if she's asleep or awake That's yet. right, yeah. yeah. Oh, because then Michael's like, she's in a she's coma. She's in a coma. <laughs> and the nurse leans <laughs> over, she's like, no. No. Yeah. Right, yeah, no. Um, my favorite part about this scene, I think, it's two things. One, randomly, yeah, you lost your pen. I right? lost That's my pen. Right? I'm sorry, I didn't need it. Okay, I'm Ran- gonna get it back. Um, randomly, Stanley in the background, like as she's waking up, goes, "Hi, Meredith." 
<laughs> like way in the background, right? Like who cares? Oh my god! And then uh, and then Creed starts grilling her on what type of drug drugs. she's on. I know. I had this. I wrote this down actually because I feel like Meredith would know what painkillers she was on because I think she has a similar interest to Creed in the painkillers that mm. a hospital might be giving her. She makes it sound like she doesn't care. Yes, and I think she cares. Okay, you don't. You so you think her abuse goes further than alcohol? Yeah, I do. Wow. <laughs> she does have some weird sex problems. Yeah. Or not right. problems. Sex solutions. Who knows? Uh, they seem like they might be problems. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah, a- I'm just saying, I think, I think, I don't know. I think it would be out of character for her not to care what painkiller she was on. Okay. As an alcoholic. Okay. I know a lot of alcoholics. Painkillers. They kind of go hand in hand. Alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. That's great to know. <laughs> so if you are a budding alcoholic out there and do not have a painkiller problem... You might want to get into it. Thank you. It's pretty great. Brought to you <laughs> by BrokenJars.com. Sorry. .xyz. Okay. Um, yeah, I just think it's weird that she doesn't know. Yeah, I mean, I and also just because I feel like they would tell her. I mean, she just woke up. Yeah. You know. And presumably she was hit by a car that day. Right. She's got a lot going on. So yeah. if you can cut her some stuff. All right, I'll cut her some stuff. She's probably also going through a withdrawal. She's obviously <laughs> not drinking. Maybe. Um, so, so while this is happening, uh, Michael tries to tie a balloon to her IV. It comes displaced. He's too afraid to put it back in. The nurse has to come save the day. It's just a terrible visit. I don't know who's supposed to be making anybody feel better. Right. Um, when everybody gets back, Dwight also comes back from lunchtime with Sparkles. Sprinkles. Sprinkles. How dare you? Prinkles. Prinkles. Prinkles is great. <laughs> and says that, that uh, Sprinkles is dead. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, that whole scene is, I mean, this whole storyline is really tough. Right. You, you and I are animal lovers. Uh. We have animals. If this was our animal, the Dwight's like complete lack of sympathy. Uh-huh. Like in this, especially in this scene when, when he's just like, she looked really dead. Right. Like, like all this stuff, you know? It's very hard, but it's also very funny, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. I also like to think, and obviously this is sort of confirmed by the fact that Sprinkles has clawed through french fries. Right. I like to think that, um... Dwight just, like, put Sprinkles' body in there, like, on top of some chicken, you know? (laughs) Right, there was, like, no care in how she was placed in there. She just kind of lumped in there. She's just in there with all the food. Well, because she's still alive, so it's not like she has rigor mortis or anything either. Right. So it's this very live, limp cat. Right. I mean, it's hard to know what state he put her in there. I mean, she might have been asleep if she was on the antihistamine. But still not dead. Yeah. I mean, we've all picked up yeah. sleeping animals. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a tough scene. The camera's like outside. It's very voyeuristic, right? Right. It's tough. And, uh, it's like also your cat is dead. Right. She's in a better place, actually. That place in the freezer. Goes upstairs. Angela's crying. Right. <laughs> um, and then we start having a conversation after Michael finds out that Prinkles is dead. He says Sprinkles the first time. He does. I don't he know why he name. goes to Prinkles. I, I guess because he's emotional. I think distraught. it's because he's emotional, yeah, that he says Prinkles. Or I mean, Prinkles. Prinkles. It, it sounds, sounds like, like Prinkles. Prinkles. Yeah. yeah. As um, chips, yeah. So... He starts to... Um, I think it's really nice that he knows Sprinkles' name, though. But that also begs a lot of questions. Like, does Angela come in and talk about Sprinkles often enough that Michael has learned its name? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, also, she's been in the office. We see that picture of uh, Angela and Sprinkles at her desk. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, at this point, we... The audience hasn't seen it, but we do know 
and I don't know if you know yet, but Angela has a nanny cam set up for the cats. Yes, I do know right. that. Yeah. That she watches them, so I'm sure someone's walked by her desk to that see that sense, whole thing. Yeah. Um, Michael then decides to investigate the options that they may be cursed due oh, yeah. to right. parking on an ancient Indian, Indian burial ground. Right. Um, it's probably Toby's fault. Yeah, right? of course, yeah. Um, because he had good luck recently. Yeah, he says something about like he won like a free a week of free our bad luck is your good luck. Yeah, yeah he uh, yeah it was pizza. Yeah. They pulled his business card out. So I made you watch this like twice mm-hmm. when we were going through this episode. But Michael starts to list different types of gods that they can pray to because everybody has different religious denominations or whatever. Yeah. And as he does it, Jim does like one of the best Jim looks. Yeah. It's so long, right? Yeah. He's perpendicular with the angle of the camera. He looks up straight ahead and then moves to the side. And then back to Michael. Right. It's It's so good. Yeah. If there was an award for a gym look, that would be the one that won. I agree. Yeah, I mean, that... Michael's whole list is just, like, hysterical. One of the things he brings up is, like, uh, a walrus with the head of a sea lion. Uh Uh-huh. Which is really just, like, a big sea lion. Right. (laughs) You know, like, that, that like, is a thing. Right, You know? Right. It's all very funny. Um, (laughs) And he's trying really hard. Yeah. Um, But, uh... I think Steve Carell probably improved a great deal of that. Are oh, there bloopers yeah. of that and oh, stuff? Yeah, yeah I'm that, sure. that whole scene is full of bloopers. Yeah, I'm sure. Tough. So funny. Um, Dwight is then told to go visit Meredith. Right, because uh, he's being very inconsiderate about sprinkles. That, that's correct. <laughs> um, well, also, too, because I guess he's not being helpful about the potential of the curse. Right. And he missed out on visiting her, so she goes. he goes. Right. He says, the power keeping Meredith alive. Is enough to power a small fan. For two days. For two days. So you tell me what's unethical. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Because um, yeah. clearly he also wants to euthanize Meredith. Right. That's just, as soon as you are potentially sick, you're right. done. Done. Um, so funny. Um, and then uh, this part of the episode ends with Pam splitting. Is it this? Kevin spies in the parking lot to see whether Jim and Pam are secretly getting together outside the office. I think before that we have the moment where Michael wants to know everybody's religion. Right, that's right. That's before the curse. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Right, so we find out that um, Pam and Daryl are the same religion. Yeah. They're they're Presbyterian. They're Presbyterians, yeah. Phyllis and Bob Vance. Stanley's Catholic. Right. Phyllis and Bob Vance are different. Different, but they like to keep... She's a Lutheran, and he, I think, or he's a Lutheran, and she's a... Some other yeah, Unitarian. Unitarian. One of them's Unitarian. Keeps things spicy. Yeah, and then Angela's like, "That's why." Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great joke too. And then yeah, then Sadiq <laughs> has that great bit too, where he's all like, "If you're going to minimize me to my religion, I'm Sikh." Right. And then he goes to describe his hobbies. He's like, "I like rebuilding old cars." And right. No, my favorite moment is actually Kelly's because Michael says, oh. "You're Hindu, so you believe in Buddha, right?" And she's like, <laughs> "No, that's Buddhist." And he goes, "Are you sure?" And she says, "No." <laughs> It's so funny. Yeah, it's really great. It's really, really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kelly's total lack of understanding about her religion is great. Like, yeah. that's the whole Diwali thing, too. Yeah, right? yeah, I love all of that. Well, you know what? And I grew up with a lot of people like that, too, because, like, I grew up in a very Jewish town. I, right. I was raised Catholic, and, like, there were just, like, kids would have bar mitzvahs and stuff, and they, like, would not know. Right. You know, like, I, like, I just, I know these people who are just like, oh, your God and my God are the same? Yeah. I, like, they just, like, don't know. There's one great bit it's later on. Funny. 
during when Saber is in charge mm-hmm. and they're looking for minority managers. Yeah. So Kelly has the um, the Hindu dot. Yeah. In between her eyebrows, and Gabe goes, um, you know. If you don't mind me asking, or like, if, as long as this isn't offensive, what does that signify? And she's like, I do find that offensive. Right. Because I don't think she knows what it is. Yeah, she doesn't. Yeah. She absolutely does not. It's yeah. great. That's very funny. Um, so, after this meeting, Kevin tries to see if uh, Jim and Pam are together, but they're not. But we find out that Jim, Pam goes to her car and drives down like a block. And then Jim walks out of the office parking lot to that block to get into Pam's car where they share a kiss. Right. Who is there but the camera people? The camera people. They're there. So the beginning of the next bit is our introduction to the camera crew notifying them that they saw them smooching. And probably more. Talk about celebrity sex tape. (laughs) Scranton's very own (laughs) Pam Beasley and Jim Halpert. Sure. Um, So, and you had feelings about this. Yeah... There's a couple things that happen before this happens, actually. Okay. Um, but keep, keep up, Amanda. But I can skip. No, we can go. Well, I don't know. It, it comes to light that um, the rabies thing all comes to light before the camera crew. Yes. Um, comes to to Jim and Pam to confront them, I guess, about this. Tape so, that they have. so what's the deal with the rabies? Uh. Meredith has been bitten by the bat, obviously, from the previous episode, but also by a raccoon and a rat, separate instances, which I think is very funny. And never thought to get a rabies shot. Yeah. But because she's in the hospital, they, like, point it out. So Michael now thinks that he's blameless because he actually saved her life by forcing her to go to the hospital so that she would get this rabies shot. Because she might have gotten rabies. Right. um, If she didn't. And if she did get rabies, like, it becomes incurable. Like, you need the vaccine or whatever, so. Lockjaw. But anyway, he comes in, and there's a, a really funny moment where Michael explains this to the office that um, Dwight has put a bat in a bag over Meredith's head, mm. and he's trying to say that that is like worse than having hit her with the car. And Jim has this moment where he's like six of one, like yeah. they're both very bad things to have done right. to a, another human being. And I want to pose to you, which is worse? Well, I mean, it's hard yeah. <laughs> to put a bat on someone's head. Right. <laughs> so I feel like the car thing. Right. Like, I think it's part of our driving test to not run people over. Sure. Um, and also, she was ostensibly actually injured by that event, whereas she probably doesn't have rabies in this part. Right. Because she. It's just a terrifying moment. Right. We of see her, her life. in the next episode where she's got a cast on. Right. Um. Right, and despite the bat thing, she still got bitten by two other animals. <laughs> right, yeah, right, she probably had right. babies anyway. That's right. Right, yeah. Yeah, so that's how I feel. Just um, curious. Also, Dwight is, while, while he's given that whole spiel, Dwight is like nodding in total yeah. He's like, I did. I did, yeah. I did, yeah. I did do that. Yeah. Well, because he saved the office from the bat, which that's is also true. very important. Though may have spread the vampiric plague, so. <laughs> Maybe, perhaps. Um, and the, at this point, too, they... Um, have already decided that they're going to do the fun run. Because Andy has this whole moment about nipple chafing. Well, that's the next part. I think that happens before... Um, For the, the video crew? Yeah. I think we come back could be wrong. with Pam doing the whole spiel on the phone. Like that's how we're introduced to the fun run. Oh, right. Thank you for calling Dunder Mifflin's... That's right. I think that's what exactly yeah. where we come yeah. back to. 
Right. Right. So, I mean, glad that you brought up the rabies thing, because that's basically the entirety of the second half of the episode. Right. <laughs> um, is this uh, Michael Scott Pro-Am Fun Run Race for the Cure. That's not the full name. Michael Scott's Dunder Mifflin Scranton Meredith Palmer Memorial Celebrity Rabies Awareness Pro-Am Fun Run Race for the Cure. Right. It's great. It is great. Um, so... So just before that, we do see that um, Jim and Pam are found out by the camera crew, and Pam reveals that, yes, they are dating. Yeah, so, I think that moment's really adorable. Yeah. I love that whole moment. I was going to ask you, too, do you think one of them was more invested in the idea of keep them keeping it a secret than the other? Because in that moment, it seems like, because Pam's the one to blurt it out, it seems like she must know that Jim is okay with people knowing. Hmm. Like I, I have this moment where I think maybe it was Pam's idea not to tell anybody. Yeah, see, I would have figured Jim. Yeah. But then in the next episode, when Toby sends out the memo, Jim is the one who reveals it to the group, not Pam. Right. So, I'm trying to think who has more to lose in a situation like that. I don't really know why they want to keep it a secret in the first place. I mean, it's not anybody's business, so... Well, it, That I get, but, like, the activeness there, of keeping it a secret seems unnecessary. Well, there's a Phyllis moment. In the next episode. Oh, yeah, yeah right, right. Which I think they say is like, that's why we want to tell people. Right. <clears throat> um, okay, but we'll get there. Um, so we've got this race. They're trying to raise money. They raise about $700, um, 200 of which, no, 500 What the? 500 of it is from Jan. Yeah. Jan pledges $500 of Michael's, Michael's money. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Stanley's there. He's like, um, he's like, no, babies would be a good thing. Can I put yeah, you down right. for a dime? So yeah. Um, he's not getting any money. Phyllis is doing a quilt, a three squared quilt. Right. Um, and the whole office is just chipping in, which is great. Yeah. Um, then we're in the conference room where we have a, I don't really know why this is our crack team. I don't, yeah, yeah I don't either. It seems it's, very It's Jim, Dwight, Pam, and Michael. Yeah. And they're discussing the options of getting a giant check. Right, which costs $200. Yep. Yeah. Um, which Pam also says is 25% of their profits, which is not math. But that's fine. Pam can't do math. Is it not 25%? No, 200 times 25% would be $800. So, she, I mean, it's rough. I mean, she says almost. Okay, I think. fair enough. I don't think she says exactly. Okay. I, I'm just saying, you're on... My show? Are you <laughs> okay. trying to talk shit about Pam? It's not going to fly. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, Pam is very good at math. Like all women. <laughs> Commentary. <laughs> what is uh, what's that thing in Kimmy Schmidt? Political. Political. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, Michael also wants to give it to a rabies doctor who will not come out. Great. Uh, also, there's no such thing as a rabies doctor. But Jim How does, about a rabies nurse? <laughs> yeah. Jim knows a nurse. A very nice nurse who can come out and collect that check. Right, yeah. Plus so tip. Funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Too funny. I also, my favorite moment in that room is when Dwight, very logically, I think, says, why don't we pull the funds for Meredith's son to go to college? Right. And Michael just says, like, so matter-of-factly, like, he's just so certain, and it is just so obvious to him why you would not do this. Right. Have you met that kid? Yeah. He's not going to college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, no, he knows. He As knows. if the kid wouldn't need, even if the kid didn't go to college, wouldn't need money for a trade school, for a house, like for anything else. Like, Nothing. There's no right. reason yeah. that kid needed that money because he's not going to college. It's true. So funny. Um, the next scene is Pam 
trying to get clarification from Michael about a memo, I guess, that went out. Because he was under the impression that 5K stood for 5,000 miles. Right. She knocks. We he hear some muttering. In. Does sound like come in, Yeah, it? it does. I think he says come in. She opens the door. Not even bursting it. Just no. opens the door nicely, how you would. And there he is. With his... No pants. Michael Scott hanging out. <laughs> His, his great Scott's all over the place. Gross. Um, he falls over. She closes the door. It's terrible. Um, so Jim tries to console her in the break room where he very, uh, I don't know, very slowly, deliberately knocks on the door and says, can I come in? It's great. Yeah. Um, he does it twice, too. Cause, yeah. Because he says, like, can I come in? She says yes. Yeah. Or she says, come in. Right. And he goes, he says something else. Well, he, he knocks. He she says, twice. come in. Yeah. So, what would you do? So, how many male supervisors have you had in your life? Uh, a few, three. Enough. Yeah, enough. How? It'd be disappointing across the board to walk in on any of them with no pants. I would not want to walk in on any of them. I wouldn't want to walk in on any of my female supervisors with no pants on either. That's fair. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't. Who's at fault? Is their fault? I really don't know. It's I mean, it's really gotta be their situation. fault, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he shouldn't be naked in his office. There's no reason for somebody to take their pants off, right? In their office, regardless of if he even locked the door, which he also didn't do. I don't right. know if the doors have locks, but but you know, yeah. European offices. <laughs> so crazy. No, he's totally at fault, okay. and he should be in trouble. Fireable offense, perhaps. Okay, <laughs> got it. Um, Exposing yourself to an employee. I mean, especially because he's the boss. Besides, so. More pressures, more weight is on him anyway. Right. The fact that he's naked in any place where an employee could see him is a problem, right? Right. Gotcha. Okay. Reasonable. Um, so our crew starts to get ready. Um, oh, yeah. Then we see this really awkward shot of Jim pretending to be naked. Oh, I hate it. Because he's hairy. So gross. Gotcha. Gross. Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, I think he's gross. <laughs> so we got... So who's running? Stanley's running... Okay, so they, they all get ready. They go outside. It's this great bit. Uh, our nurse shows up, and it's Elizabeth the stripper. Right. Right. Um, and Jan is on this weird jealousy kick at the Weird, moment. yeah, because she says the thing to Pam. Right, she grills Pam. Yeah, right. about seeing Michael's penis. Yeah. And then, um, right, she's giving dirty looks when Michael knows who Elizabeth is. Right. And this kind of comes to light a little bit later during the dinner party. Where Pam is kind of giving shit to... No, Jan's giving shit to Pam. About, like, uh, her flirting with Michael or yeah, whatever. And right. then Angela chimes in. She's like, I have noticed. Right, or whatever. Yeah, 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 it's terrible. It is. It's the worst. Also, I feel like, I in that episode, I feel like Michael has probably told stories about Pam that make it seem like Pam is flirting with him. Because he thinks Pam is flirting with him. Right. Right. And it's that's why, why like, Jan that, thinks that awkward kiss thing at Diwali that almost doesn't happen. Right. right. That yeah. would have been really terrible. Right. For everybody involved. We didn't talk about this nipple chafing thing. It ha- okay. Go for it. It happens earlier. I mean, I just want to know if nipple chafing is a thing. Okay. Well, let's Google it. <laughs> I mean, I'm asking you as a man. The thing is, as a lady, like, I can't imagine ever running or doing any, like, activity without some kind of bra on. Which would protect you from nipple chafing. Right. So I'm asking you as a as a male person. I mean, I would imagine anything that makes contact with something that's constantly moving could chafe. Yeah. You know, I, you get thigh chafing for the same reasons. So I don't see why your nipples wouldn't. If Andy's... How to prevent nipple chafing. 
Runnersworld.com. Wow. Okay, so it's a thing. It's a real thing. Can't believe it. Well, you should. <laughs> it's on runnersworld.com. Well, I do believe it now. Um, well, and so while we're on the subject, I'm going to click it. Let's see if this loads up because now I'm curious if Andy's remedies for nipple chafing, which is medically taping gauze over his nipples under a mesh shirt, is a valid solution. Okay. Let me know. Because by the end of that run, what what state would you say his nipples are in? They may not exist right. anymore. It's shredded, right? <laughs> they completely bled off of his body. It's terrible. It's probably <laughs> it's one so of the more terrible. violent visuals it's in the really office. It's really disturbing. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. Um, okay, well, so our first image here is a teddy bear with a Band-Aid over its chest. Maybe it's nipple. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, so, right, so everybody's prepping. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin doesn't want to run because he didn't bring his clothes. Right. Uh, I think it's safe to say... No, it can't be, because everybody else was ready. So it's not like it was a surprise. Yeah, that's the weird thing. I don't know why he didn't bring his clothes. Yeah, so he was just generally prepared. Because he really does seem willing to run. Right, should he, he just didn't want to run into right. stuff. That's right. Yeah, weird. Maybe he just forgot it or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, who else do we see? So Daryl from the warehouse is there. Mm-hmm. We have that great moment with Creed, which um, only stuck out to me because of um, the episode after, but... Um, where Creed signs in and he says he's in the over 75 category. Right. And Jan's like, you're over 75. And he says he's going to be 82 in November or right. sometime in the fall. can't remember what month. But do you think Creed's really 82? Do you think that's true? At the time of filming? No. Not the actor. I no. mean. Well, I mean, they're both named Creed Bratton. Right. And they both have the same character history. Sure. But I mean the character. Do you think the character is 82 years old? Or 81? Because he's going to be 82. No, I mean, like I said, I think his age would probably have to follow suit with the actor's age because right. of that history. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's just like, how many people are going to be running in this bracket? Of course I'll be at the top of it. Right. I think that's his rationale. And it's because he doesn't weird. age well, he looks like an old son of a gun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not entirely unbelievable that he's 82. Unlike in the following episode, that it is entirely unbelievable that he's 29. Right. <laughs> Anyway, it's just interesting. I'm curious if anybody knows his real age. We are a Google search away, which I will do momentarily after the nipple search, Amanda. Okay, I'm sorry. But I do have an answer for you. I'm glad you asked this question. Tell me about nipple chafing. (laughs) Because I can guarantee you're not the only one with this problem. In fact, it happens so frequently that a business smart runner created a product just for this issue. Wow. Rightly called Nip Guards. Nip Guards! From what I hear, they work like a charm in terms of treating the chafing after the damage is done, apply a healing ointment, and cover the adhesive bandages, uh, cover with adhesive bandages for comfort and protection. Thankfully, this is one area girls don't have to worry about in terms of chafing, which is why I pulled in the ranks of many of my seasoned male runner friends. So it's a primarily dude problem yeah, because I, of the, the sports bras and whatnot would happen during yeah, running. I can't imagine it being an issue. Use body glide on your nipples. Really slather it on. You should be fine, (laughs) says Charles R. Stop reading this. My husband and a bunch of my ultra friends use regular band-aids for prevention, posted Christy C. My mate uses super glue. Seriously. And it comes off without problems. Make sure it's dry before pulling on your shirt. Also, try tighter fitted shirt. Interesting. So, yeah, it's a thing. Okay. And people have tried. So I guess Andy's gauze medical thing is ridiculous, actually, right? Yeah. It just does not work out for him. 
Gross. Gross. Um, okay, Creed's age. <laughs> um, okay, so we're outside. We also see the um, office. He's the owner of the business park. Billy something or other. Yes. The, um, the dude in the wheelchair. Um, Bob Vance is running. And I think that's about it. Everybody else seems to be Dunder Mifflin staff. There's somebody in like a wheelchair thing. That's the oh, business park owner. Gotcha. Billy something. Gotcha. Right. The dude who Michael says, how long does it take to get in your wheelchair? And he says like like 30 seconds. Right. And then everybody laughs. He's like, not funny. Sorry. Yes. Are you? I am. I'm, I'm not the office expert here. Who is? You are. Hey. First time you've <laughs> ever said that about me. Real life currently, Cree Brand is 73 years old. Gotcha. So this was in, um... I mean, ten years ago. Yeah. He was only in his 60s. 2007. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so no. He was not 82. Okay. Um, Daryl's trying to feed... I still don't know that the character is not 82. I just don't understand why you think he'd be a different age if he's based off of actual Creed Bratton's history. Because obviously he's not really Creed Bratton. (laughs) Otherwise Creed Bratton would be arrested right now. Well, because that right, there's like a shift, right? right this so is I'm the. I'm just saying, he could be a different age. But. I mean, wh- it's fine. Why? I don't know. Why would he lie about being 82? Why would he lie about being 29? Because he's trying not to get fired. And because he wants to be the top of this age bracket that clearly <laughs> no one else is running it. I see. Okay. I think you're giving Creed too much credit. You Fair. have to remember he is a criminal. Okay. And you are accurate. He would be arrested. <laughs> that is the point. That's the joke. Okay. Take that bite seriously. <laughs> We didn't get there. Spoiler alert. Okay, so uh, Daryl's trying to feed a peanut to a squirrel yeah. who is very happy. Michael says he's rabid. Right. Michael also does this great thing where he's like, raise your hand if you know someone who's been affected by rabies. And obviously right. everybody's going to raise their hand because they all know Meredith. Right. And it makes it seem a lot more of an alarming... Right, number. Um, so Meredith has not been affected by rabies. That's like the funniest part about all of this. Right. Like, like she's you not just been... get a rabies vaccine if an animal bites you. Right. In case you might get rabies. You probably won't. Right. But that's how they prevent the spread of rabies. That's right. You know what I mean? It's crazy. How long can you live with rabies? I don't know. But I, it, it's pretty deadly, I yeah, understand. It, well, that's the thing. There's no cure for it. Right. There's only a vaccine for it, which they don't just give to people because that would be stupid. But they give it to you when you have that moment. I mean, it's like getting a tetanus shot after you've, you know, touched some metal. You know. <laughs> touched the metal? You got a wound from right. a rusty nail. <laughs> right. You're not leaning on the staircase. Right, right. Rabies works the same way. If you get okay. bit by an animal. And yeah, I mean, I think because I think if it's you like do days. get it, you will die. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think it happens pretty quickly. Yeah. I agree. Could be weeks, but it, it, I think it's quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so we're just going to speed run. Michael munches down on a bunch of fettuccine Alfredo. Oh, my God. Because he's carbo-loading. Right. Um, Dwight shoots off a gun, which is a real handgun. Into the air, everybody runs off. Jim and Pam are last. They hold hands. Yeah. They buy a very ugly vase. Uh, oh, it's a lamp. lamp. It's not yeah. that ugly. It's I would, I would go out of my way to buy it. That's fair. If it's something that we had inherited, sure. Okay. Free lamp, eight bucks. That's not pricey. A good deal. Pricey lamp. <laughs> um, Oscar, Stanley, and Creed hop into a taxi. Yeah. And go to a restaurant nearby to drink beers while everybody's running. I think that's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good move. Um, <laughs> Dwight has poisoned Toby with Imodium. Right. Which actually causes Toby's bowel movements to be solid and right. stable throughout this run. Um, 
and then Angela and Dwight have a bit of an interaction about basically this is the moment where Angela knows factually now that Dwight has killed Sprinkles. Pringles. Uh-huh. Pringles. Yeah, Pringles. <laughs> Once you pop. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting scene because, again, the camera crew's like not in their face. They're across the street, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of emotions. Apparently, cats do not go to cat heaven if they are euthanized. Right. Which I did not know. Well, right. Yeah, and that's Angela's belief. And now I have to say, it's in that moment where I start to feel. Because, so if that were my cat, I mm. would have put it down, mm. right? So part of me feels like, obviously, Dwight did the wrong thing. You can't do that without telling somebody or whatever. Right. And that's not the way to euthanize an animal. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. But um, this is the moment where I really start to feel bad. Because I'm like, she was keeping that cat alive because she really believes that her cat is now in hell. Right. You know? Right. And that, that's really upsetting. It's, like, deeply upsetting to me. <laughs> Even though, obviously, it's ridiculous. Right. I don't know. That's the thing that's hard about this episode. I feel like this episode wants you to laugh at Angela a little bit for being, like, a crazy cat lady. But, like, I feel I feel bad for her. Like, her cat is dead. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, horrible, I, I th- you know? I think you are supposed to laugh up until this moment. Yeah. And I think this moment is where it gets real or whatever. Yeah. Um, Michael runs by through the argument, says... Take bad Take bite. Take bad bite seriously, don't, don't get, get bit. So funny. I watched that so many times to forget what Deli said. Take bad bite seriously, yeah. don't get bit. Um, he doesn't drink water. Right. Because rabies victims suffer from an irrational fear of oh, water. <laughs> um, so he's trying to have some solidarity. Um, Toby is the first one at the finish race, finish line. Um, 5K away from the office, not right. a circle. Uh, Kelly's just sitting there on her phone chilling. Um, I mean, pretty much everybody finishes. Michael, well, I guess Jim and Pam are still the last ones, technically, because yeah. they're behind him in support. But at some point, Michael collapses yep. due to cramps. Yeah, I mean, I think he sort of gives up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does look he almost looks, physically oh, incapable yeah, yeah, yeah. of doing it. I think it, he's though. sick, but uh, yeah. Right. Ate too much. Uh, what did you read the other day about carpal loading? Now I can't remember about the science of it, but there is a science about it. So it's like you actually have to digest it so that you, you have carbs. You eat it, yeah. You eat it like the day before a big race, and it is only for like long distance things. So like right. it's like all athletes do this, just long distance runners right. do this. Um, like for America, and it has something to do with like glucose in your bloodstream or something, so that you have energy right for the extended run. That you will be doing. So eating an entire tin of fettuccine Alfredo minutes before. Yeah, and I mean, even eating fettuccine Alfredo is probably not advisable, just because the cream is like, right. even if it was the day before, that's so heavy in your stomach. You probably um, want to eat some like lightly buttered. Yeah, and there's a bunch of other right. stuff that are like carbs. Like you could eat vegetables and stuff and get your carb. Well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm just saying, so. I just like the idea of every <laughs> like runner totally... munching on like chicken parm before they come in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just uh, kudos to the people who wrote this joke because that's got to be the grossest thing to have eaten right. just before a run. Right, right. Fettuccine Alfredo, specifically. What about like shrimp scampi over no. like linguine? <laughs> no, there's something about the creamy sauce. Yeah, right. That's it's like, just too heavy, right? Oh, yeah. God. Um. So Jim and Pam stroll up, and they've been holding hands and stuff, but they go into platonic mode. Um. And Pam tries to see eye to eye with Michael, mm-hmm. using the fact that she has seen him naked. Right. Yeah, it's so weird. It's, yeah, I don't really it's know. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah, it's really weird. I, I, Michael's comments make sense. Right. I don't know why Pam brings it up. Yeah, same. But it's weird. Um, 
but he he musters the will to get up because he wants to make a difference. Right. Finishes, pukes all over the place. Yeah. Um, I really love his speech when he's down there. This is actually one of my favorite Michael moments, period. And I'm not a huge fan of Michael um, in general. So this is an important moment for me of him just like being like, there's so many things and I can't help them all. And of course, Pam and Jim are saying all the obvious things of like, well, you know, somebody else will be helping with that other thing or whatever, you know? Yeah. But I feel that way sometimes. Like I feel so overwhelmed that I could collapse on the sidewalk that I can't help everybody. So I get it. I feel, I feel for Michael in that moment, even though he's obviously being ridiculous. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, so the, episode ends with michael in the hospital now because he was dehydrated mm-hmm. um meredith is in the hospital now in a wheelchair and they you know they share some nice words michael apologizes meredith acknowledges that he was trying really hard whatever um michael's eating a lollipop yeah offers to share with meredith very nice meredith's like okay whatever so when she tries to give it back michael's like you give yeah, it. <laughs> yeah so funny. messed up yeah. Um, so some quick trivia. Creed Bratton and Craig Robinson are now part of the main cast as of this episode, which gotcha. is cool. That is cool. Um, right. This is also the first episode where there is the office theme song over the credits. It used to be silent before that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. Here's a list of religions. Daryl and Pam are Presbyterian. Phyllis is Lutheran. Bob is Unitarian. Bob is Unitarian. Sadiq is a Sikh. Creed has been in many cults. We didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. Both as a leader and a follower. Um, Follower is more fun. Leaders make more money. (laughs) Stanley's Catholic. Kelly's Hindu. Maybe Buddhist. Who knows? Um, A deleted scene reveals that Oscar was raised Catholic, but now identifies as agnostic, which makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Palm tree can be seen in the background, despite the setting in the series being in Scranton. Right, because they film a lot in L.A. Makes sense. Uh, it appears first place. Second place goes to Calvin. Last place went bo- to both Jim and Pam. So who is Calvin? I don't know who Calvin is. Let's see. I bet you it's a Bob Vance person. Because yeah. I think at this point now we've lost all of these extra office folks who keep showing up randomly in like group shots. Right. Yeah, I think so. Oh. Who's Calvin? Well, Glenn is one of the warehouse guys. Yep. Um... His name tag, Red Lester, later changed to Calvin. Um, and until the end of the show, it's Glenn. Weird. Yeah. Um, so he's a workhouse guy. It's this fellow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember him being referred to as Glenn. Now that you say that. Yeah. So that's yeah. Calvin. Okay. Let's go. Look at that. Okay. So that's it. Um, what would you give this episode? One to five. Oh, I didn't yeah, you do get these to, ratings. That's ah, okay. Sometimes we make them up on the spot. Oh, anyways. I don't know. That's hard. Um, so one out of five. You know, I think both these episodes are sort of hard to rate because they're so long, mm. um, which makes the pacing of them feel weird. Not because they, and I think they do a good job and they make sense, but it just because you're used to watching the shorter version of the show. Yeah. I think like, both of them feel to me like they have a, they almost feel like two episodes, you know? Right. So it's hard to, it's hard to rate. Um, I don't know. It's it's a good episode. It's a solid episode. I didn't think about this at all. I don't know. I'm gonna give it uh, three out of five doses of Imodium. Because <laughs> I think it's it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. It's an office episode. Definitely not a terrible office episode. Like you said, the pacing is a little funny. Right. 
Um, and I think it does suffer because of that. Yeah. So it's, but overall, it's funny enough to kind of overcome some of those. So three out of five is what I give it. All right, that's fair. <laughs> you, you don't got nothing? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I was thinking of giving it like, I don't know. 3.2 or 3.3. Okay. Out of 5. Out of 5. Insert funny joke. I don't have any funny jokes. Lamps? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I didn't think the lamp was that funny. I thought of it, but... That's fine. It's true to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lamps. Okay, so 3.2 out of 5. For yeah, si- similar reasons. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's great. Next up. Dunder Mifflin Infinity. Yes. When I was telling Amanda earlier about this, that we're going to record this podcast, and um, this was one of the episodes we had to do, when I said the title, my brother, the wisecracking fellow that he is in the background, said, say Dunder Mifflinity, <laughs> push the words together, which is what Andy says later on in the episode. Right. It's great. So this was marked as the 56th and 57th episode overall. It was written by Michael Shore, who plays um, Mose. Moe Schrute, mm. and it's directed by Craig Zisk, aired October 4th, 2007. Uh, in it, so this is not the first time we see Ryan. We saw Ryan in some cutaways before talking to Michael on the phone and stuff like that, um, you know, where we learn that Mike, uh, that Ryan has become this corporate guy. Right. He's bearded, well-dressed. He has a very expensive haircut. Uh, we learned that price tag in this episode. Right. It's $400. $200. $200? That's yeah. 4 2 Cheap ass haircut. I have it on my list because I want to talk about it. Okay, we'll get there. Right, <laughs> but I'm glad you got it. Because I did not remember. Um, basically, so let's rewind. Toby, well, Jim and Pam have a bit of a moment in the break room by the um, vending machines. Yes. Pam runs back, kisses Halpert, says, How dare you? Toby sees the whole thing. Right. Writes up a memo, sends it across the office, and everybody's like, what the heck? Reminder about PDA in the office. Instantly, Michael's like, is this about me and Jan? Right. Because what we did was consensual. Right. Mostly everybody left by then. Right. And I like how it's like mostly. Right. Like, he knows people were there. Um, I don't know. After knowing how they split, it's still weird to think about Michael and Jan doing it. Yeah, I agree. Because... Jan is probably still the one with the penis in this situation. Oh, right? yeah. It's tough. For sure. It's tough. It's very tough. Do you think he keeps the schoolgirl off it in his desk? <laughs> probably. Okay. Um, so Toby reveals that the, uh, the memo is actually about Jim and Pam. And Jim says that they are, in fact, a couple. I love this moment. I think it's so nice how excited Michael is about Jim and Pam dating. Yeah. I think that's really nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. He says, moment. let the bells chime out. Yeah. The day will live He's in infamy. He's, like, visibly moved right, by this. Right. Yeah. Pam comes over, holds hands. Jim rolls over. They hold hands. Uh, the phone rings. Pam runs away. Jim runs away. It's great. Yeah. Um, so there. It's out in the open. Everybody knows. Yeah. Um, Jim and Pam then go to Toby's desk after, asking if they should sign one of those love contracts. Right. Um, and this is when Toby... This is all tough. I mean, the fact that he put out the memo is tough, Right. I think, especially because obviously that was such an innocent moment, even though it's still inappropriate for an office environment. And he's the HR director, and he has the right to do that. But, um, 
Yeah, I just he's he's such a jerk. Yeah, I don't know. I really like Toby in general as a character. So this this episode's tough because I think he seems like a real jerk. And not the whole episode, to be fair. It's this moment because it's it's not brought up again. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, it's Um, this moment. Right, because obviously he doesn't think for Pam. Right. Though I wonder if it's exclusively for Pam. Well, this is the thing. Like, I, I don't know. Like, obviously, he, we have the moments of him. Like, he tries to get that duck in the right. claw game and all that stuff. So, obviously, like, he likes Pam. But, like, how much does he really like Pam? I think like, he's just, like... I just sort of assumed it was, like, a... Yeah, I could I could go out with her. Like, I might as well try it. You know, kind of thing. More right. than, like, like, I'm really in love with It's not like Pam. Jim loving her. Right. It's more exactly. like Toby's like, I could get it. And that's why I think he's a jerk. Because right. I just am like, why, why are you obsessed with this all of a sudden? Yeah. You know? No, it's a good point. Right. It's weird. Um, yeah, it's weird. So, they offer to sign one of these documents. Hmm. Um, and Toby's like, let's just wait. Yeah. And to, to me, like... And tell me if I'm wrong. But I feel like Pam doesn't get it. And she's like, that's fine. She's she like, definitely doesn't get it. Right, but Jim does. I'm not sure. I think he does. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd buy that. Yeah. Pam definitely doesn't get it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it is awkward. Yeah. And Toby's terrible. And Toby's terrible. Uh, Ryan Howard returns to Scranton. Yes. Um, it's a big deal. He's like, doesn't start talking to anybody. He's there texting on his Blackberry. Yeah. And Such Pam's a trying to say hi. Yeah, it's tough. He's terrible. Um, then everybody gets excited, right? Um, we got comments of the fire guy because Ryan started the fire. Andy wasn't there, but he chimes in on the joke. He does. Um, who gives him a noogie? Someone gives him a noogie. Kevin, maybe? Might be Kevin. Yeah. 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 Um, we find out that he had an expensive haircut. Um, but Ryan has to like, he does some like power move stuff here, right? He does, yeah. Yeah. Do you respect that? I do. I, yeah, I respect it, and I feel like he does a good job. He really commands the room. And, I mean, that's what you got to do. It's really awkward. I don't know if you've ever seen this happen or if you've ever been in that position yourself when, like, you are on a level with a person, and all of a sudden that person's above you, and then you have, like, the, it's tough to navigate right. that dynamic, right? So, and I think he does the right thing by just trying to be like, listen, I, I recognize this, but I'm your boss now. You know, I think he does all the right things. Do you think that there is a hint of spite in his behavior toward Michael? No, I really don't. I think he just, like, is trying to be like, I'm here for a meeting. We need to get this meeting done. Like, I think he's really work-oriented. He, the thing, I think the thing with the Blackberry when he comes in is a total power play, and he's just a jerk. But I think this moment when he's like, listen, guys, I think it's, I don't think it's out of spite, no. So do you not think that he is doing some form of ageism issues with his thing no blackberries i mean i I really don't i think that he genuinely thinks that's what's best for dunder mifflin because he's young of course he would if you went into that company you'd think the same thing they need a website duh right right i mean i'm pretty sure it's in this episode i get confused because sometimes you watch the split version or you watch the combined version right but i know there are scenes no it's definitely in what we saw where Phyllis is trying to use the phone and she says, you know, but how does anybody so push small. it? And Stanley yeah. says, it's too little. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, because I watch it and I'm like, Ryan's just being a jerk across the board. He's yeah. not doing a good manager thing. Like, obviously he's trying to be innovative. Well, he doesn't moving forward in this episode. But I think this moment is like a totally normal Oh, okay, so you do moment. think he goes down. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. But yeah. this interaction specifically is, yeah. you'll give it a pass. Okay, yeah. good to know. 
Well, and the only reason, you know, I not I hate Ryan, so I don't know why I'm defending him right now, but I feel like the only reason he ends up going down that rabbit hole is because everybody in the office isn't isn't giving him the respect that he deserves either. You know what I mean? It all just turns into a big mess. Okay, now this is a question. Do Does he deserve it? Yeah. Nah, you're right. He right. kind of doesn't. But that's his position, and that's how, you know, hierarchies work, so... Is it a fireable offense for Kevin to have noogied Ryan? Yeah, probably. That's assault? <laughs> it's not assault, but if you... I mean, if I noogied my boss, I don't know if I would be fired, but I would certainly be in trouble. And Ryan's their boss now. I don't know. But, I, but of course, it is like a tricky sitch, because he obviously didn't used to be. Okay. Okay. I'll write that down. Okay. I'll memorize it for next time. Great. Um, so... We are introduced to this concept of Dunder Mifflin Infinity, which is going to be a brand new website where people can actually order online. Uh, it's weird to think that they didn't have a website before. Yeah. Jim shows us what was there, which is a... So funny. Yeah, it like, says, coming Christmas 2002. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and again, so we know this is 2007, so it's yeah. at least five years ago. Yeah, it's super good. Um, what's, what is the phrasing he uses? Only certain people get the Blackberry. Right. Um, something personal, I forget. I forget. But Sorry. it seems like the reps get it. Mm-hmm. Michael gets one. Probably accounting. You know, it seems like a salesy thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we got that. Um, but Ryan's meeting doesn't quite go well. There's a lot of distractions in it. Michael's not listening. Right. Kelly's asking about their relationship. Yeah. That, that's how the meeting ends. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we didn't talk about that either. So they're setting up kind of like a welcome Ryan thing, uh, the party planning committee. Mm-hmm. And Kelly walks in and she's kind of wearing like this number, right? Right. Um, she looks like a ladybug. She looks terrible. I think it's a terrible look. It's not a good dress. Uh, yeah. I think her makeup's really bad too. Yeah, it's a lot. I think she looks really bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, but Mindy Kaling also, I think, gets prettier with time in my uh, estimation of her. As a, a commentary on the existence of her or Kelly Kapoor? Kelly Kapoor. Yeah, I mean, I feel that way about Angela. Yeah. Uh, I think Jim's hair improves. Yep, it does. Um, Dwight does not. <laughs> I think Dwight is always wearing that mustard yellow shirt, so he doesn't get that benefit. Yeah. Oscar dresses gayer. Yeah. He starts to wear, like, the purple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, I guess you figure, hopefully... That the show just gets more budget, so they're like, "All right, let's try to right. sex appeal this up, right?" Sure. Creed two, hanging brain. Well, I think part of it too is like Mindy Kaling was just so young. I don't know. I think she genuinely. Oh, she better. definitely was. I mean, yeah. you know, you weren't on one of the earlier episodes we recorded, but when you see her in that like pilot episode and she's mm-hmm. dressed in like this old woman kind of like right. garb, right? Yeah. Because she clearly looked like a background person, right? Yeah. And uh, then they start giving her like the pink sweaters and stuff and all the fun nonsense. Um. So, Jim informs Pam... Okay, so they're having lunch. Uh, Jim and Pam. Can we go back for a second? Because there's a moment that we missed, too, when Dwight tries to replace Angela's cat with Garbage. The yes. Cat, the cat named Garbage. Because she doesn't want garbage. She wants sprinkles. That's right. Yeah, I just... Uh, I, I don't know. I think in that moment, I feel, obviously, Dwight still just doesn't get it, but I'm glad he's at least, like, trying something and is understanding that Angela's going through this thing. But I just want to bring up that moment because I love that he leaves that cat in the office. 
in like that random office. I don't know if that's Rance it's or Vance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask. That's great. I, just I mean, think I think so it's funny. a well-behaved cat. It's gorgeous. Angela would cat. be very lucky to have it. I think it. so too. Uh, you had pointed out to me in person that their their makeup team just made the cat's head wet. Yeah, they to just like, ruffled it up. Yeah. yeah, so it looks like dirty, but it's really a, yeah. a, quite a pretty cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's too bad. Too bad. <laughs> it's too bad. It's a shame. I hope somebody kept garbage. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Uh, okay. We can move forward now. So uh, Jim and Pam are having lunch, mm-hmm. where Jim decides that despite wanting to save it for her birthday, he reveals that Angela and Dwight are dating. Right. Now... For six months. Pam says no. It's like two years. Right. Since uh, Jim's house party. She calls it a barbecue. I guess it was a barbecue. Yeah, I think there was a cookout or whatever. It was a cookout, in the backyard. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Because so. it was like nighttime. I guess I don't think of it as a barbecue. Like, I Yeah, know, I'm with yeah. you, but. Okay, that's fair. But I still think it's reasonable for Dave said. Um, but um, of course, they're still actually dating in this episode, Dwight and Angela. Yes. I think this is the episode where they split. Yes, it is. Um, Phyllis walks in. It's like makes it super awkward, right? Before before Fitless, I just want to say I wrote down in my notes that like face that Pam makes. So he's like, "You didn't say anything." Jim says, "You didn't say anything to her," and she's like, "Well, you didn't say anything." And she makes this face. You love that face. I just know you love that face. I'll have to look up that face. I, I don't recall. I think it it's. I, oh man, I feel like it's just one of those moments where Jerry, in your head, you're just like, "I am in love with Jenna Fisher." Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I often wonder why you don't look at me like Jenna Fisher looks at John Krasinski. I look at you like that all the time. I'm just not as pretty. This is taking a turn. <laughs> you are as pretty, but that's not what this podcast is about. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so Phyllis walks in. So sorry I didn't see your hands, but Jim's hands were clearly on top of the table. <laughs> yeah, so stupid. Insinuating they're giving each other HJs under the table or whatever. Weird. And she says this thing where I just wanted to remind you that when you get a call from a new person, that you have to randomly assign it to a sales rep, not who you're sleeping with that week. Right. Um, and Jim and Pam, to their credit, play it off. They're like, yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jim says that's why they don't want to tell the office because, I mean, it's interesting because... You don't often have to think about Dunder Mifflin as a place where people are, like, really trying hard to get their commission. Right. Because everybody's just doing their well, job. Well, I think it's weird, too, because, I mean, I guess that would happen if Pam ever did get a call. She'd have to randomly assign it, but it just seems like a weird way to get a client, right? Like, to have it randomly assigned to you from the... Receptionist. Receptionist, yeah. yeah. It just seems weird. I mean, my business, we do have, we do sales, mm-hmm. similar to, I guess, Dunder Mifflin in that regard, so... I mean, there is a part where if someone inquires about us on the website, we give to our VP of sales who will... Distribute it. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, but there, I mean, I guess Michael would be the closest to that, though. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have to be somebody who knows how many other clients you have. So, like, they'd want to give it to somebody who had more time at oh, that particular sure. moment. Like, I think that would be a consideration. And I think another consideration would be, like... Maybe if there's any, like, specialty kind of things that they're looking into. Perhaps the person only speaks Spanish and this rep speaks Spanish or whatever. You know? Right, that's so, a good point. Like, there'd be reasons for So it'd be more complicated. Yeah. I mean, maybe there is a process, too. Yeah. You know, but... Um, anyway, it's fine. I just think it's a little weird that that's Pam, somehow Pam's job. That right. just seems strange. That's fair. I mean, Phil is being a little bit of, like, a B, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I wrote down, too, like, uh, is this where we, like, I can't remember, but, like, where we start to see Phyllis being, like, the sort of catty monster that she is. 
This is definitely one of the earlier moments of it. Sure, yeah, because in the next episode, which is Launch Party, mm-hmm. Phyllis has that list of things that she wants to use against Angela and her sassiness. Right. And it all culminates in her throwing something at Angela. Right. So I think it's definitely the beginning of Phyllis's kind of like... Yeah. Is this the season with... Bitchiness is the word I would use. Sure. Um, is this a season with bitchiness? Yeah, is that what like, you're laughing? Yeah. Sorry. Phyllis's um, bitchiness, yeah. Is this Moroccan Christmas this season? I don't know. Well, because that is the first party that Phyllis is in charge of. Mm. She takes over the party planning committee. Right. Um, it's a big deal. Oh, yeah. So I think that is all connected to it, too. Like, sure. Phyllis starts to kind of do this thing. Huh. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Because Phyllis becomes in charge when she finds out that Dwight and Angela were banging. So she kind of holds it over Angela's head. Don't you have an episode list? Can't you look that up very easily? I don't have it all open. Okay, okay. That's why I had to Google his age. Yo. For show. Okay, well, you keep talking while I look it up. Okay. Um, So the next moment I think we have is when Ryan um, goes back to Kelly's cubicle um, to talk to her. And and he doesn't want to talk about their relationship or whatever. And she says that she's pregnant. This is horrible. This is, like, really, really horrible of anybody to do to another person. I just can't even fathom it. But that cut... When she says she's pregnant, and then the cut to her face shaking her head is right. so funny. So, so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. good moment. But, God, that's horrible. And Toby looks, like, really interested, right? Yeah, like he's right, there, all, he's all of a sudden, like, right, yeah. Because yeah. he does not want, like, when Ryan comes over, he's like, oh, here we go. This, right. You know, I have to deal with this again. Yeah. But that cut to her face, God, it's it's so brilliant. Yeah. Well, well done, Mindy Kaling. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> mm. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> not true. No. Oh, yeah. Dinner parties this season. It's a lot of good episodes this season, kind of. No <laughs> season three, but whatever. Um, okay, and then what, happen- what happens? Um, then Jan comes in. Well, Ryan says that, what does he say? That they'll talk about it later, right? Yeah. To Kelly. And then Jan comes in to see Michael. I guess they're going to eat lunch together or something. So they, Jan and Ryan have that awkward moment. Yeah. And I think there, Ryan is being a jerk. This is an example of him being a jerk. Okay. It's like, elephant in the room. Right. I have your old job. And she's right. like, well... And then, of course, she's also being a jerk, but Jan is a jerk. That's right. So, right. you know, she's like, well, not really my job. And he's like, well, same office, same responsibilities. She's like, not the same pay grade or something. Yeah, she says like something about pay. that. Yeah. Different pay, yeah. It's like really, it's a very uncomfortable moment that neither of them will let go when like right. it didn't even have to be brought up, obviously. Right. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, so then they're in Michael's office, Jan and, and Michael. Michael. Right, and then they're, uh, Michael's talking about Ryan's being a twerp. Yeah. Um, he asks about the risk factors to his testicles with oh, Blackberry. Yeah. Um, and then this is where he learns about ageism. I also don't understand what Michael is eating. I think Jan has brought him lunch, I think uh, is what we're to understand, and they're eating together. Like that's, Yeah, I mean, I distinctly remember a large piece the of The large piece of broccoli, I remember, but, but the, I don't know, I mean, it might be like a stir-fry or something. Yeah, it looks yeah. very weird sure. in the thing, but maybe it's rice and vegetables right, right. or something. That's fair. Anyway. Um, to rewind, there is no, because it's a shorter season this season, um, the first party that Phyllis throws actually is the Goodbye Toby, which is the season finale of this. Oh. 
And that's when she walks in on Angela and Dwight banging. And that's important because in that episode, Angela accepts Andy's proposal. Right. So then season five is Moroccan Christmas. I see. Okay. So now Michael's got this ageism concept in his head. Mm -hmm. He puts up a bunch of old pictures. We got Ben Kingsley. We got Tom Hanks and Big. We got Where's the Beef? We got the old lady from Titanic. Yep. Um... And Ryan walks in and he he goes, oh man. Which yeah. is like great because yeah. he does. So great. Um, Michael pulls a bit of a power move, tells him to sit down. It's his office, which I don't think would work. I think, I don't know, but I think Michael does amazing things right here. And I feel like proud of Michael for this series of things he has yeah. done. Yeah, because he like brings in um, Robert Dunder, right? Yeah. And I think, and then he has that moment where, where um, Ryan is trying to say something to him and he's like, oh. Do you want me to tell corporate that you kicked Robert Dunder out of the office? Like, I think right. that was all very smart and very planned. Yeah. Um, so I just commend Michael for coming up with a way in which he was going to get to do have this moment. You right. Know? Right. Um, I mean, this is another instance too. I mean, so we'll go into that meeting a bit, but where this episode kind of doesn't make a lot of sense on the whole, because this bit that you're talking about with the ageism, I yeah. think, is a solid episode. Yeah. And I think that next half of this episode, which is the uh, delivering fruit baskets or whatever, also not a bad episode, but like there's a lot like the connection between the two because Michael's going on about ageism. Now he's afraid of technology. Now we're delivering gift baskets. Now mm-hmm. his car's in the lake. Like it's a little bit of a yeah complicated. It's stretch. too long again. Yeah. It's just too long for what the office does. I'm just trying to see. I mean, I think everybody's name was Robert back then. Because I forget Mifflin's name, too. Oh, I don't remember Mifflin's name, but R- Robert Dunder is definitely where he... That's fine. Um, so, also during this meeting uh, that Michael calls, we see Creed's new look. Yeah, his hair. All right. So, yeah. he uses all printer ink to dye his hair black. So good. The I way that's revealed himself. is yeah. also so good. It's right. just very funny. Because you're like, you're behind him. Did you know it was Creed? Oh, I don't mean his hair. I mean the fact that he's used printer ink to oh. dye his hair is a yeah, very yeah, funny yeah. moment because they are like telling. It's like, why did you use this old the, picture? The same big photo right. they used the last time or whatever, and and he's like, well, there was any printer ink, and then there's that shot of Creed just looking like. Yeah, yeah, and it's not so even like funny. suspicious. He's just all like, just chilling. He's like, um, right. So Creed is doing the talking heads under the guise that he is twenty nine. Right. Soon to be 30. Soon to be 30. Uh, he wants to ride the bull. I think his birthday is at the same time. I think the, as the episode previous. I think he says, I'll be 30 in November, just like he said, I'll be 82 right. in so November in the early episode. Yeah, yeah. See, so why aren't we questioning if Creed is almost 30? <laughs> it's just not believable. How dare you? His hair is black. <laughs> it's jet black. Old people don't have jet black hair. So funny. Well, it's funny too. Sorry to go back a lot. When he right after Ryan gives his first presentation or whatever, he goes in and tries to tell Michael that they're the ones in trouble because they're both over forty, which is the cutoff, is right. what Creed says, which is also true according to the law that's that correct. Michael cites later. So it's kind of interesting that he knows that. But that moment's really funny because he's like, "You, me, Sammy, Phyllis, and the gal you hit with your car." Right, right. And I just, I love Sammy. I mean, you must mean Stanley, right? Yeah. And I just, like, I, a lot of things run through my head. It's like, is he Sammy because that sounds like Stanley and it's, like, close? Is he Sammy because he's black and he thinks of, like, Sammy Davis Jr. Right, so he just right. calls him Sammy? Like, what what's Sammy about? But it's it, it cracks me up. Creed's so funny. Well, there's a bit where... Um... I like that he just doesn't know their names. He's worked there longer than anybody else. 
Yeah, I mean, because he remembers <laughs> that truck. Right. Um, you know, because there's another bit, and I forget if it's before or after this, but Meredith is eating lunch in that kitchen area with Creed. Mm-hmm. And Angela comes in and is talking to someone else, and she gives attitude and storms off. Mm-hmm. And Creed says... Angela's the office bitch. Oh, yeah. I'm Creed. Yeah. And he introduces himself to Meredith, you know? So I think there's a lot of instances where he doesn't really know it's who's so who. It's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. He's a character. He is. So the meeting goes off pretty well. Everybody, you know, Ryan kind of understands the message or whatever, and he says, you know, you can't stop change, Michael. Right. But then Michael decides to... Which I think is all true. That's why I don't think he's being a jerk. And this ageism suit is obviously completely bullshit. Companies advance and people are expected to learn how to use Excel or whatever. You can't fire them, but, like, you need to train them. And it's all reasonable, you know. But you just feel specifically that Ryan is not doing this as a slight to Michael. Okay. Right. That's fair. I don't think he even knew Michael would be so offended by it. Hmm. I don't know if Michael would have been as offended by it if it weren't for, like... I don't know, all the rest of the circumstances surrounding it. Right. So. Okay. Um, so Michael decides to go on this crusade to prove Ryan wrong that the old ways are better. Mm-hmm. Um, by doing these large gift baskets with a bunch of local snacks from different places or whatever. Their plan is to visit clients who had left. Right. Offer these gift baskets see if they'll come back. Right. Um, instead of, like, saying, hey, we have a website or whatever. Dwight decides to go because I think at this point... Angela has now officially broken, broken up, up with him. him. Yeah, right. and they're just friends. So they have he, that dinner. I know you love that moment when she's like eating vegetarian noodles or yeah, something. And she and goes, "How's your how's meat? your meat?" He says, dry, "Dry and delicious." Yeah, which is because <laughs> for those of you who don't know, when I eat pretty much anything, I do not use dressing. I do not use any type of broth. I mean, I eat sweet and sour Plain chicken food. with no sweet and sour sauce, right? And white rice. Yeah, and that is it. Yeah. So Dwight gets it. Dwight gets it. It's just funny because obviously if you're, whatever meat it is, which we don't even know, dry <laughs> is never coupled with delicious when you comment on how your meat is, whether it's chicken <laughs> or steak or whatever. Like you do not want your meat to taste dry. That's a bad thing. Well, yesterday Amanda and I were eating fast food and I was not dipping my french fries and she goes, how? Right. And I said, because I like the taste of fried <laughs> potato. <laughs> and I think that's how. Yeah, but I mean, like, the meat. I think he's talking about, like, the meat has been cooked. It's, like, overcooked, so the meat itself is dry. Not just that it doesn't sure, have anything Sure, but there's on. a flavor to dry, oh and if God. you like dry. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, so Dwight goes on this uh, mission with Michael, and they stop by a couple places. Mm-hmm. Um, generally not well received. No. Uh, the first guy says, you know, we left our account with you. And then uh, they say... Uh, He's with Office Max now. And they have a really easy-to-use website. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, The second guy they go to, it's the same spiel. Um, But eventually, Michael kind of lets up and says, well, we're going to have a website coming out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be easy to use, cut costs, yada, yada. And then the dude seems much more interested in that. Right. He actually says so much. Yeah, he he says, like, once it's up, let me know. I'll check it out. If it's better, then I'll come back. Yeah. Right. More or less. Um... So this kind of puts a damper on Michael's parade, and they're driving, and they're using a GPS for this rental car because the PT Cruiser... It's in the shop. His car's in the shop. Right. They're trying to see if there's a reason why. It's having body work done because it hit Meredith. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, So they're following the GPS, and he doesn't know how it knows, or whatever. Right, so funny. 
and Dwight starts crying because he says, like, you know, why would you want something to tell you or the government or ex-girlfriends where you are? And he starts right. crying. Yeah, for So we get to the situation where the GPS says, turn right. Mm-hmm. And Dwight says, no, it means bear right. Right. Because there's a lake. Right. And this, like, it's 20 seconds at most. And it's, it's just so, so great. It's so funny. Michael's it's turning. Dwight's saying, there's no road here. Right. And uh, Michael and, just drives into a lake. And he, like... I would say he is even continuing to drive into the lake, and Dwight is still saying, this is a lake. <laughs> this is no uh, road. Yeah, it's awesome. It uh, is awesome. I, this moment really makes me laugh, because I, this has happened. Like, I've seen news stories right. of people who have done this. They followed their GPS to a T. Some of them have been very sad, because whole families have driven off cliffs and died. died. Right. But... Some of them are also just very comical of, like, you drove directly into a lake. Now, I always imagine in these circumstances, when I hear these stories, that, like, the lake came up kind of abruptly. Right, like, like it was like a fall off. Or The great thing about Michael is, like, he drives at least 50 feet, like, right. at least 50 feet towards the lake, right. seeing a lake in he, front of him. He, like, turns down one of those ramps where you drop off a boat from a wagon, yeah, right, and right. he keeps driving into and it because you see driving. the lake ahead of you. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's, it's really funny. And then this shot is great, too. So you got the camera guy clearly in the back. And again, in this world, we understand that the camera folks are actual people. Right. Right? So he's sitting in the back. <laughs> Dwight goes into, like, hero mode, and yep. he, like, tries to jump out the window, and he's, like, trying to swim around to save Michael. Michael's slowly inching his way out of the car, and to his credit, opens the door for the camera guy. Right. Right? So he opens that back door. The camera guy crawls out. Um, Dwight picks up Michael from, like, under his arms, even though Michael's walking, and drags him. Um, you know, you see seats going. You got fruit basket. Uh, f- I keep calling it a fruit basket. No one wants it, a fruit gift basket. Gift basket, yeah. yeah. With maybe fruit in there it. There might be fruit in it. Um, but, like, all the little pieces are, like, floating, floating down. Out, and out. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so funny. It's really good. Yeah. Um, so they decide to, well, they were going to call a taxi. Right. But then they don't. Right. They walk back. They're going to walk back. To the guy. Not to the office. To right. the guy. To get their basket back. Right. Because technology is the worst. Right. But they do. They hold the couches hostage. They rub it's their so wet funny. clothes all over it. Yeah. Um, and they demand the turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Which the guy's already eaten. Yep. And then Dwight says, we'll bill you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good moments, even before this, too. We're like, I think the show does a great job of making sure we're all aware that Michael actually is a really good salesperson. Right. He keeps really good notes about yep, people. Yep, he knows the daughter is allergic to nuts. She's allergic to nuts, knows how old she is. Like, right. It's a lot, yeah. Um, and you got to the part where... Uh, Michael's got paper, right? Yeah. So there's that bit where he's chasing Dwight's customer. Mm-hmm. And he just outplays Dwight, even though it's Dwight's customer, because Michael just is a good salesperson. Yeah. Um, Michael's often cited as, uh, like, a prime example of the Peter Principle, mm-hmm. which is this concept, for you listeners who don't know, where Rise an individual... to the level of your incompetence. That's right. So, right. you know, you'll always be good at a job until you're no longer good at that job. Mm-hmm. And then you'll just be stuck there. Mm-hmm. So presumably, Michael is probably one of the best salespeople in the company. Right. Um, which is why he was offered a promotion, but then was not management. It's outside of him, yep. Um, so it's nice when you see those moments because it showcases that Michael is not a total idiot. Not a total idiot. He's just an yep. idiot at his job. Yep. So it's great. So they get the basket. Say they'll build a guy. They go back to the office. They're wet, soggy, and very grumpy. And my, uh, Ryan's like, you know, what happened to you guys? <laughs> he says, I drove my car into a yeah. yeah. And the bleep is great. Yeah. Um, another great bleeping moment that we've already talked about on the show is during Benny Hanna Christmas where Michael crashes his bike into the doorway. 
It's just, yeah. I just like it. I just like to it's think very funny. Steve Carell is just like, I'm going to say the F word right now. Right. Um, you know, and he gives this whole spiel about how, like, technology is always trying to kill you and yep. it's not to be trusted and you can't. Uh, and when is a fruit basket or a gift basket <laughs> that's ever right, trying to yeah. kill somebody? Um, <laughs> right. And it's like, obviously, it's a terrible argument. Ultimately, yeah, right? It but it just works really well in his specific case because it's so very funny. true. Right. Um, yeah, so I mean, he doesn't quite win. We don't know if any of those people are actually going to come back, and clearly not the dude whose basket he stole back. Right, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> Who was the only one they, they seemingly had on the hook a little bit with the website. Right, right. Because yeah. they were the only people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Ryan learned during the previous night's dinner that Kellen's pregnancy claim was fake. False, right. Um, and then there's this other weird bit here. So throughout this episode, Ryan goes up to Pam and says, hey, you're good with art. Oh, yeah. Can you draw this logo for me? She's mm-hmm. like, great. It's an opportunity. And at face value, it's funny. Mm-hmm. But now sitting across from you, I see huge problems. <laughs> In the storyline, right? Because it's probably something that women have to deal with all the time. They mm-hmm. think they're being offered some type of opportunity in the workplace, and really it's just some skeezy dude trying to bang them. Right. Uh, well, I think he was genuinely... I hope that he was genuinely interested in the logo that she was going to come up with. I don't think so. I... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I do. I hope so. <laughs> it's sort of... It's hard. I can't see that Ryan's that much of an asshole. But maybe he is. Well, I mean, we know later on he's on drugs. Right. Right. And he hangs out with that Lord of the Rings type hobbit. Right. Um, Ryan's a terrible character. There, I said it. He's a terrible person. He's a terrible character because he's like he's, his character. arcs don't make any sense, they and like he's one person sense. one season and a totally he's different so person another good. season. No, I think I think what the Ryan's thing is, I think he's like a he's like a pretender. You yeah. Know? He's like this blank slate who doesn't really kind of. He starts off as like to me like this post college like I don't really know what I want to do thing, and within three years. He becomes this super high level position. Sure. And I think that messes him up. And then yeah. from there, he's this weird character that you're talking about, where he's this weird Thailand surfer dude. Right. And then he's this weird hipster dude he is toward the end of the show. And then he's right. like another thing or whatever, you know? Right. So I think he's just kind of like lost his way. He goes to right. prison. He's had drug problems. Right. So I guess there's no like obvious linear progression but yeah. I think there are reasons as to why he's kind of all sure. over the place but not maybe not great reasons I buy that I just don't like it that's fair as a character yeah it's just not it's not fulfilling to watch sure. him go through all of this yeah in my opinion I mean Ryan is one of the weirder characters too because BJ Novak gets like top to bailing yeah it's very strange the whole thing is weird yeah I agree great we finally agree on something <laughs> um so Kelly's not pregnant Ryan wants to bang Pam. Pam reveals that she's dating Jim. Right. Um, and it's this great moment where if if we say... So, as I continue to watch this show, there's a lot of moments that I don't like Jim anymore. He's just right. a jerk. Yeah. In a way that Martin Freeman in the British office is not a jerk. He's kind of like this kind of down-on-his-luck dude mm-hmm. who is sassy enough to not let on. Right. You know, but Jim seems always on top of his game. So when he's being a jerk, it doesn't come off as nice. Right. Because he's already in a better position than the people he's picking on, you know? Right. <clears throat> but um, Ryan is kind of like evil Jim. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting when he's trying to date Karen and she's already dating Jim. Yeah. And then tries to date Pam and she's already dating Jim. Yep. Um, you know, just 
if Jim's bad, Ryan's the worst. So yeah. it's just nice for Ryan to get those moments where, like, that's what you get, you sucker. Yeah. Um, so that's about it. It's kind of where the episode ends. It's kind of awkward. And Jim says, I guess he can't get any woman. Because apparently he dated a woman that looked like somebody who was on Survivor. That's, like, a joke that oh. Ryan says. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. I, I also, too... I'm, we don't really have to get into this. But I don't... That moment where Jim is like, I guess he can't have every woman or whatever. Right. I hate that moment. <laughs> why? I just hate it. I feel like it's a really... I don't know. I get why he says it. And Ryan's being a jerk. And Ryan deserves to be, like, put down upon. But I, I hate all of it. Because all of it with Ryan and then with Jim, like, continues this thing. Where, like, Pam is just an object for both of them. So I just... I don't like it. I don't like when people talk about women like that. Okay, is it, Jim. is it fair to say, though, that obviously Jim doesn't feel that way generally? Right. So, in this context, is it okay for him to phrase it how he did? I mean, it's it's fine. It's like a fine thing, but I don't like it. But it's fine. And it works in the episode, and it makes sense. And obviously, he's just trying to make a dig at Ryan. He's not trying to say anything about right. Pam. But, yeah, I just don't like it. It's just a moment that I feel like the office wants you to be really satisfied with you want to be like yeah because like we like jim and we don't like ryan well let me say because you come into this episode from a different different place than i did because i came in knowing ryan's the bad guy here right and you didn't feel that way because you've already said his first introduction in this episode he's actually in the right i think he's trying to do the right thing right but i think that is that i mean obviously there's still some commentary here that is inappropriately expressed by jim's kind of rationale of the situation right but is it also possible too that because you don't feel as negatively about ryan in this episode that that could also be making jim's comments seem worse than they are yeah yeah maybe yeah sure okay okay great (laughs) um interesting notes here michael says they lost seven clients in the past year but in the job david says that michael did not lose a single client in the merger so this is either wrong Mm. or they lost these clients Prior to the merger. Perhaps. Um, like in the summer. Right, maybe. You know, in between. Um, right. The two founders of Dunder Mifflin have the same first name, Robert. So good right. job. Dwight says that his grandfather's name is Mannheim. Um, oh. Oh, that's right. Because there's a joke, I think, in uh, the pilot where um, Dwight is, like, listing his folks, like, his lineage's names. Like, a lot of them are Dwight. Right. But, like, his great-grandfather's name is Dwight. Mm. With a D. I see. Um, this is the first of two episodes where Michael ends up soaking wet. <laughs> the other being the koi pond. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the koi pond. That's really great. funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know why this is an interesting note, but when Michael tells Dwight to hang up the phone, Dwight does so immediately and without question. Yeah. This shows Dwight's loyalty and trust in Michael. Yeah, it is kind of a crazy moment. Yeah, he's like, hang up the phone. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we get it. Um, after Michael drives his car to the lake, he's briefly seen opening the back door so that the camera can get out. We talked about it because we are very astute office walkers. We are very astute. And the cameraman's shadow can be seen in the lake when they're all on the shore safely. Yeah, I feel like there's not... I mean, because there are instances where the camera crew is directly involved. I mean, pretty much every time Kevin runs, he pushes over a camera guy. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. Um... Because so you watch Parks and Rec a lot. Mm-hmm. Aside from the cam, like the looks to the camera and the talking heads, they don't ever really they don't identify interact. the no. camera as a person, right? Right. 
And similarly, and they don't, don't acknowledge that like this is being taped for right. a show, like none of that. Gotcha. Yeah. Let me just see if there's anything else. No, that's about it. So, well, what about Ryan's two hundred dollar haircut, which is yeah. the button of this episode? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's expensive for a haircut. I mean, I uh, paid ten dollars for the current haircut. I yeah, I mean, I was just going to ask you because, like, I know women's haircuts can be two hundred dollars, and I could see that, like, if you're really getting styled and colored and whatever. Right. But like, how can you fathom what a two hundred dollar haircut? Like, do you think that exists for men? Probably, right. It probably involves a lot of stuff. Like maybe you get a scalp massage before and sure. like stuff like that. It's like an experience. Right. Sure, that makes sense. That's got to be the only way that it could be done. It's got to be. Maybe some waxing. I can't imagine what, you know, unless a guy had hair that was like long and could be styled, you know, if you were going to do something. But like I mean, how much? Haircut. But what's the most a woman's haircut could cost if you're not dying it or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, 80 bucks. I mean, it could still right. cost a lot. Sure, but 80 is a far cry from 200. Yeah, but I no, you could get to 200 very easily by just going to like a nice salon. But would that involve like those treatments though? Yeah, I mean it involved getting more than just a trim. You'd have to be getting your hair styled in some way. Because maybe this is a barber where they also do his facial hair. Oh yeah, that too. Right, maybe, that yeah. be, yeah. maybe if it's everything all together. I mean, it's still a it just seems off. crazy right, yeah. at two hundred bucks. I just and don't also, really too, there. we find out that Ryan's actually not living in a great place. He no. kind of lives in this crappy one-bedroom apartment. He's got shit all over the place. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's a status symbol, though. It's why people will buy an iPad. Over oh yeah, of course. Of something course. else. It's ridiculous. I just think it's crazy. I never heard of a man's haircut costing that much. Ever. <laughs> so, well, it's a have. crazy amount, but maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. Um, it's possible. And he's in the city. Mm-hmm. Stuff's just no, more expensive, true. too, right? Yeah. It's true. Okay, so what do you give this episode? I think this is a fine episode. It's not terrible, but it's not particularly memorable to me, other than Michael driving his car into the lake, That's which right. is a very memorable moment. I think the episode on a whole is, is pretty forgettable. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give it a 2.8 out of 5 ink cartridges used as hair dye okay what did you say two 2.8 okay yeah i probably would have just gone 2.5 out of five all right chocolate all right. turtles yeah, turtles. you're right i mean that lake thing is great it's, that lake moment is really good yeah. it is like a very iconic michael scott movement and there's some pretty cute jam stuff too we didn't talk about the scene but there's that cute scene where um jim comes up to the receptionist desk and is like so now that we've gone public, is the magic gone? And they right. have that little back and forth. It's really cute. So they have some, there's some good moments there, but it's not a terrible episode, but it's, it's not a good one. Right. And right. I really forgot about Dunder Mifflinity uh-huh. before I had to watch this for this podcast. Sure, sure. <laughs> so. That's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the best part about this season with the Jim and Pam stuff is you get to see this happily ever after that you don't normally see. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with it moving forward is because it, we still see it. Right. Then I think they throw in unnecessary wrenches. Mm-hmm. There's the odd stuff when Pam's at school. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, there's some weird moments you haven't seen yet that, you know, come to fruition as, like, they start to advance their careers. Mm-hmm. Even some of the weirdness with the babies or whatever is, like, not what I want. Right. And it's fine, and I get it. That's what would actually happen. But, like, that's when it feels like their story is being played out too much. Yeah, it's definitely played out too much. There's no way around that. Right. And yeah. it is what is good, though, about, um, say, what do you call it? The, um, 
the other characters having relationships. You know, totally. Dwight and Angela is interesting. Right. Dwight and Angela is not so interesting, but that's really just an Andy offshoot. And Angela. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, Andy. But that's kind of an offshoot of Angela and Dwight. Yeah, I think um, the Gabe, what's her name? Um, Kimmy Schmidt over there. Oh, Gabe and Aaron. Gabe and Aaron and Andy and Aaron. That's all like a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting and compelling. Um, yeah, Andy and Aaron, I think, is probably my second or third favorite romance on the show. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then what else happens? There's another couple, I think. Well, Michael and Holly. Michael and Holly, right, which yeah. is also really good. Right. <clears throat> so, I mean, obviously they seem like they have to have a couple relationship in the show. Mm-hmm. They have some good alternatives. But, um, yeah. Jim yeah, I just, I mean, I, the show, I think, lasted in, in a way that, again, the nanny always comes to mind. Because that whole show was framed around that one thing, you know. So, it really just fails the moment they get together. Even though they actually stay together for a couple seasons. It's right. so terrible after they get together. Yeah. I don't think that's the case with The Office. It's less good. I, I buy that argument. But, yeah. it's not terrible. Yeah. So. That's fair. And I don't think it, I mean, I haven't finished yet, but where I'm at in season eight, I don't think it's gotten to that point yet either, where I'm like, this is terrible, you know? Right. So, it's fine. All right. Well, Amanda, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. We hope to have you back on sometime. Great. Not soon. <laughs> no. Enough of that. Yeah. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Great Scott. Uh, check us out on iTunes, on Google Play, on uh, Pod. Pocket Casts, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find us. If you've got questions or comments, hit us up on Reddit at rdundermifflin or email us at brokenjarsbroadcasting at gmail.com. Um, we've got an Instagram, we've got a Twitter, we've got a whole slew of other awesome shows that you may enjoy. So be sure to check that out. Um, check out our YouTube channel, yada yada. You get the drill. Um, basically, I know you all love us, so please act like you do and follow all those things. Um, and that's going to do it for this week. I'm Jay Ray. I'm Amanda. And uh, we will see you on the next episode of Great Scott. Bye. Bye. Stop the audacity thing. <clears throat> uh, you just hit the stop button.